This message is brought to you by Moira Pentecostal Church. We hope that it will encourage, challenge, and inspire you in your walk with God. Gospel of Matthew, the 21st chapter. I just want to read verse 42 only. So Matthew 21, verse 42. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the Scriptures, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. One of life's most difficult problems is coping with rejection. None of us like it. None of us want it. Some just can't live with it at all. Hardly a week has passed that you don't see some young man, some young woman, either among their so-called friends, has been rejected. And this awful thing in the internet uh, where they they write the most unspeakable, horrible things about their former friends to the point where that young person, many of them actually has committed suicide. They just not could bear rejection by their friends. All of us experience rejection one form or other, or to one degree or other. For many, it leaves a permanent scar. They never quite get over it. For others, it's not so much a permanent scar as a a running sore. Continually think about it. Sometimes it's parents reject their children. Sometimes it's children reject their parents. Sometimes it's husbands reject their wives, or wives reject their husbands. Anyone who's gone through the pain of separation and divorce knows what I'm talking about. It is a deep, deep pain and hurt to be rejected. To have that feeling that someone who used to love you, who promised to love you for the rest of your life, but has turned you away and has rejected you, that is a deep, deep hurt. The say on a scale... Uh, of trauma, that divorce comes second to the death of a loved one. That's how bad it is. Sometimes the rejection's in the workplace. Sometimes it's at school. Sometimes it's at church. Wind it in the house of my friends. Don't want to talk about it, but it actually happens. Happens to people in the congregation. Happens to pastors. Happens to leaders. It happens. Rejection is inevitable. It will come at some time or other in our lives. But the worst possible rejection that any human being can face is rejection by God himself. Now let me qualify that first of all. God doesn't reject easily or lightly. 
Peter says he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And God will be long-suffering. He will be full of mercy. He will strive long and plead with men. He will correct. He will chasten. He will go to the very nth degree in grace before he rejects. But make no mistake, God can, God will, God does reject men. King Saul in 1 Samuel 16 was rejected by God. He was so rejected by God that Samuel, the great prophet, God had to come to him and say, why are you mourning? I have rejected Saul from ruling over my people. Why are you mourning? Fill up your horn with oil. Go to the house of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, because among his sons I have appointed a king. And there came a time in Saul's life when God literally rejected him. He would be king no longer. No matter even if he pleaded with God, he went over a line, he crossed that line, and that was it. We see it with the house of Eli, the priest. God warned Eli about his two sons. His two sons, who were also priests, were rascals. They were horrible men, did unspeakable things. And God warned Eli. And even though Eli warned his sons, but he didn't deal with them strongly enough, and God raised up little Samuel and rebuked Eli and told him that his priestly lineage was finished forever. It was over forever. Jesus said in Matthew 25, 41, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That's very, very strong language, isn't it? Samson was given supernatural strength. He was an ordinary looking man. He wasn't muscle bound. He just looked like any other man. But when the Spirit of God came on him, he was like no other man. He had incredible strength. But he began to use that as a plaything, like a spiritual toy that he could turn on at will, almost, he thought, until his dalliance with Delilah. And even with Delilah, and even knowing what she was trying to do, trying to find the secret of his great strength, he still played along. It was a game to him until he played along too far. And he told her the secret of his strength. And once she knew that, she cut those locks of his hair. His Nazarite vow was broken. And she shouted, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he rose up and he shook himself as before, not knowing that the Spirit of God had left him. He was yesterday's man. He was rejected by God. An awful, terrible thing for a man or a woman to be rejected by God. Where do you go from there? 
what's left. But God doesn't do it lightly. doesn't do it easily. He warns and he warns and he warns and he warns and he warns. But then there's rejection by men. What is it about the human personality that fears the rejection of men so much? Some people rather be rejected by God than be rejected by men. That's how bad it is. But not all rejection is a bad thing, you know. Sometimes rejection actually is a good sign. Say, what do you mean? All that live godly shall suffer persecution. That's rejection, isn't it? By man. Woe unto you when all men speak well of you. It said that John Wesley one time got off his horse and got on his knees and prayed for nobody had thrown stones at him that day. They wondered what was wrong. Don't think anybody's ever thrown stones at us for the gospel's sake. Sure they haven't. A friend of mine was preaching in India one time and he looked out the window and he saw crowds outside and he thought, oh, wonderful, there's crowds gathering outside till the pastor told him, he says, they're waiting to stone you when you go outside. <laughs> I think he preached a very long sermon that Sunday. <laughs> Jesus said, you shall be hated of all men for my namesake. Do you know we're living in days when you can begin to see how that's possible? Just to say you're a Christian today can get you into trouble very fast, can't it? Can get you rejected by men very quickly. It is impossible, Jesus said, but that offenses will come. It's bound to happen. If we name the name of Jesus, if we're living for Jesus, if we've got a heart for Christ at all, somewhere along the line, there's going to be offenses going to happen. So not all rejection is a bad thing. Now, some people just can't handle that. Because they want to just go with the flow. They want to run with the crowd. They want to run with the hare and chase with the hound. History recalls some very notable rejects. Joseph was rejected by his own brothers. I come from a family, uh, a family that, that was a loving family, a family that we never ever felt any rejection from each other, uh, just closeness. So I have no idea what that's like, but maybe some of you have an inkling what that's like. I don't know exactly what your family or greater family concern is like, but Joseph, all of his brothers, without exception, hated him. They despised him. They couldn't stand him. Here comes this dreamer. They mocked him. And they most especially hated the way his father loved him, seemingly above them all, given that famous coat of many colors. And they rejected him to the point 
Well, they actually wanted to kill him. It's a long history and you know the story, so I'll not labor that. David and Job, both of them had wives that rejected him. Job's wife said, curse God and die. You're an old fool. You're an idiot for believing in God. Curse him and die. In other words, I'm better off without you. You're only a botheration. Why is not having a wife like that? Huh? David's wife, Michael, she mocked David. When she saw David dancing before the Lord because of his excitement of being able to bring the ark that had been captured by the Philistines, to be able to bring it back home to its natural home. He was so excited, he danced with all his might before the Lord, and his wife looked out the window and said, you're a disgrace. You're an absolute disgrace. You made a fool of yourself in front of everybody. You're the king. Don't you forget it. Don't get on like that. Huh. Winston Churchill, arguably the greatest leader that Britain ever had. During the war especially. No question, he was the man for the hour. He wasn't a perfect man. He made lots of mistakes. He probably was a very hard man to get on with. He probably was a harder man to live with. But when it came to the war, he was the man that galvanized the nation. He was the man that stood up to Nazism. When Britain was the last bastion of freedom in the Western world. When there was only that little strip of water between Nazis and between Britain, he stood up against that and won the battle. But that was during the war. But in the 1930s, which is called his wilderness years, when nobody wanted him, when nobody was listening to him, even then when Hitler was on the rise in Germany and he warned Britain and he kept warning him, but nobody was listening. He had been rejected by men. Until the Prime Minister resigned and Winston Churchill became Prime Minister. And again, the rest is history. He rescued Britain from the clutches of Hitler. They said that Walt Disney couldn't draw. Can you imagine that? I wonder who the idiot was said that. Eh? Imagine living the rest of your life knowing that you rejected Walt Disney over his drawings. <laughs> eh? I think that man must have had many sleepless nights. F.W. Woolworth, they said he would never make it in a retail business. <laughs> Ah, he became a brand name in Britain, didn't he, for many, many years. Thomas Edison, they said, was a dunce at school. His teacher said he was a dunce. Thomas Edison, a dunce. Rejected by man. Admiral Byrd, American Navy pilot, one of the most decorated American Navy pilots, one of only four who was allowed to wear a medal with his own face on it. Received so many medals of honor and what have you. 
There came a point they said that he could never fly again. So just to prove them wrong, he flew over the North and South Pole and flew over the Atlantic. Rejected by men. I wonder what people are saying about you or me. I wonder if somebody discarded us, kicked us to the curb, thrown us under the bus. Hmm? The stone which the builders rejected became the chief cornerstone. The builders, the ones who should have known better, the religious hierarchy, the ones who supposedly knew their Bible inside out, the scribes, the Pharisees, the men of the letters of the law, the builders. But when Christ came, they rejected him out of hand. He did not come in the way that he thought they thought Messiah would come. So they rejected him, but he became the chief cornerstone in the building. I wonder, did your teacher call you a dunce? If they could only see you now. They're not so stupid after all, she or not. <laughs> huh? Anyway, rejection by God, rejection by man, rejection of self. I'm not talking here about some Freudian philosophy or excusing our sins or, or faults. But many people, for a number of reasons, just cannot seem to accept themselves even though they have grown in favor of God and man, even though they're believers in Christ, but they just can't seem to accept themselves. Maybe they cannot forgive themselves. And they keep punishing themselves. And they keep hitting the replay button. And even though God has forgiven, well, they can't forgive themselves. And they struggle with that. Maybe they cannot please themselves. Perfectionists. Nothing they ever do is ever quite good enough. Nothing they ever do can reach that bar that they have set for themselves. They never can quite reach it because they're a perfectionist. They never feel that it's totally acceptable. Or maybe they cannot be themselves. They're always trying to be somebody else. Maybe scared of people not accepting them as themselves. There are lots of wannabes, aren't they? There used to be a program on TV years ago. Stars in their eyes, it was called. You know, all these people coming on, entertainers, singers, and they always act at somebody else. They sung somebody else's song, they dressed like them, they cut their hair like them, they spoke like them, and some of them even looked like them. 
And they were trying to make a living acting and looking like somebody else. And take that away from them. And they were uncomfortable. They loved being like somebody else. I always find that kind of sad. Even no matter how talented they were, I thought that's kind of sad. Just be yourself. But some people struggle to be themselves. Perhaps they cannot love themselves. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, biblical self-love is not egotism. It's not selfishness. It's not arrogance. It's not pride. But it's rather having a proper, sober understanding of who you are. That you were made by the Creator God. And yes, you're fallible. And yes, you're fallen. And yes, you have sinned. And yes, you're sinful. But God sent His Son who picked you up and dusted you down and washed you in His own blood and made you His child. And when you get a proper understanding of that, you're not as likely to reject yourself. The Bible says we're heirs and we're joint heirs with Jesus. Is there a cure for rejection? I think Jesus is our great example and comfort in this, is in this. I think he shows us how to handle it. Was anybody more rejected than Jesus? I don't think so. But he handled it, didn't he? What about rejection by God? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now we must tread carefully. We're in holy ground here. But surely, surely the fact that he said that in that moment in his humanity, surely he must have felt that the father who had turned his back on him at that moment had rejected him. In Psalm 22, because this is where Jesus quotes from, it's a great messianic psalm. Lots of references to what happened to Jesus on the cross in that psalm. Jesus was very familiar with it. He was so familiar with it that it was the thing that came up out of his belly on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Read Psalm 22. See how David felt. See what he was going through. How he felt he was rejected by men. And knew it. And here's Jesus feeling even his father has turned away from him. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. He felt and suffered that rejection for our sakes so that we may never need to feel rejected by God. So that we can know that God won't reject us because we have received and accepted his son. Rejection 
by man. Isaiah 53 and 3, he was despised and rejected by man. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. The very people who should have received him rejected him. Rejected by men. Even his own brothers and sisters did not accept him who he was until after the resurrection. He grew up through all of that knowing that they did not believe in him until after his resurrection. Judas betrayed him. Peter denied him. That's rejection, isn't it? Hebrews 12. Just a couple of verses here. Verse 2 and 3. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Every time you feel rejected by men, consider him lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. Simon, good company. They rejected Jesus today. Not because we've done something wrong, but perhaps because we have lived right. Jesus did no wrong, and yet they rejected him completely and totally. And he felt and knew what rejection feels like. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Verse 14. Alexander the coppersmith, Paul speaking here. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. You also must beware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. Ah, may it not be charged against them. Can you imagine that? Paul had to stand alone. All of those who knew him, maybe even admired him, But when it came right down to it, when push came to shove, all of them, to a man, they forsook him and they fled. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, he said. (laughs) Even though men failed me, the Lord stood with me. Even though men rejected me, the Lord stood with me. Even though men persecuted me, the Lord stood with me. As far as Jesus is concerned, rejection by God, rejection by man. But what about rejection by self? No. Never. None of it. Even though he was perfect and sinless, 
He wasn't depending on self. He was dependent upon his Father. I do always those things that please him. He was always about his Father's business. In John 5, 17 to 20, he attributed his works to the Father. Even though he was perfect in his humanity, even as a man he was perfect, and even though he was sinless and spotless, yet he was fully dependent on the Father, not himself. The words that he spoke, the deeds that he did, give credit to the Father. John 15, we'll close with this. Here's the antidote for rejection. Verse 9, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. If we love Christ and if we obey his commandments... We can handle all kinds of rejection if we love Christ, if we obey His commandments. Because He will love us as the Father has loved Him. And that's enough to get you through. Even though men may turn against you, if you know that Christ loves you, <laughs> if you know that you're obeying His commands, you're following his word. You're doing things his way. Then it doesn't matter who rejects you. He has received you. And he loves you. Isn't that good news tonight? Let's just pray. Bless you, Lord. The Bible says, My life is hid with Christ in God. All around us, there are many voices saying all kinds of things, but my life is hid with Christ in God. All around us, there may be people rejecting us, but my life is hid with Christ in God. All around, people may think we're failures, but my life is hid with Christ in God. If you can get it into your heart and into your brain that your life is hid with Christ in God, it'll make all the difference. Sure, we would love everybody to love us, but that's not possible. People are people. Sometimes people will just not like you by the way you comb your hair. That's just people. But if my life is hid with Christ in God, 
if I'm obeying his commandments and I know he loves me, then it doesn't matter. What matters is his opinion. So we give you thanks tonight, Lord. We bless you for who you are, for your great mercy, for your great grace. Lord, where would we be tonight without that? Only by your grace, the song says, can we enter. Only by the blood of the Lamb. So we give you thanks. Lord, as we go into this working week, we go in your grace and in your mercy. If God is for us, who can be against us? Thank you, Lord. You always give us the victory. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more messages like this one, visit us online at www.mpc.org.uk. You will also find a selection of informative videos at youtube.com forward slash Moira Pentecostal.